0: i am a knock it out the park, Louisville slugger Got a chick wearing crop top, nothing else under Welcome everyone, this is the Takes on Tap show We're back, and there's a bunch and bunch of NFL coaching stuff Doug Peterson's fired, <laughs> playoffs happened last week Ohio State got rolled, Mac Jones might be heading the draft Maybe,
1: there's a ton of stuff to talk about but you know what? Let's kick it off. Let's let's just dive right into it. So we're gonna go through our head coaching vacancies, all right? So there are seven sup- spots that are up for grabs right now. And we're going to go through which coach or which coaching candidate works best for each team. So Scott, start it off, what do we got? Yeah, so
0: there's seven spots available. So. We'll start off with the Detroit Lions, all right? So, my pick for the Detroit Lions to fill their head coaching vacancy, I'm going to go with Dan Campbell. That's right, Dan Campbell, right now he's coaching with the Saints. I believe he's the assistant head coach slash tight ends coach. And Dan Campbell is a name that not a lot of people know. He wasn't talked about while the coaching searches were going on last week, but I like this move, and I'll tell you why. I remember a couple years ago when Joe Philbin was fired over in Miami. Dan Campbell took over as the interim head coach, and normally when an interim head coach takes over, I just think, heh, who cares, their interim doesn't matter. But when this guy did the press conferences, I saw something different in him. I really thought, hey, this guy could... He can do something special. The Dolphins won a couple games. They look like a different team. I know it's happened over and over again with interim head coaches, but there's something different about Dan Campbell that I like, and I think he's just, the, he's just what Detroit needs. He's not a young, flashy guy. They don't need that. They need a guy who's just to go in there and play football. Football defensively offensively, they just need to play good football. Exactly. And I think that's what Detroit needs.
1: Exactly. It's very interesting. Speaking of interim head coaches, my pick for the Detroit Lions is their interim head coach, Daryl Bevel. He is kind of flying under the radar. No one's really talking about him to get the job. Um, But he did just have an interview a couple days ago. Uh, The Lions uh, front office did say it went very well. He already has experience with the team. They said they really rallied around him throughout the last five games of the season. So it's going to be interesting where they take it. Because another th- another coach that we're going to be talking about a little later, Robert Sala, is right now at the top of the of the list in terms of Lions candidates. But he is really looking towards other places. We see that hit, at least for Sala specifically, he's most likely not going to be in Detroit. So. After we look at Robert Sala, I don't really have another option. And if you have a guy like Bevel, who's already been with the team, who's already started to work with the team, and has said, I mean, if he's already working well with the front office, everything went well, then I don't see why you wouldn't go for it.
0: Yeah, well, let me say, next team on the list, a lot of drama right now in that city. It's the Houston Texans oh, between James Harden to Sean Watson. Uh, not really an attractive spot, right? right? At Deshaun all. Watson, he might want out. He we might. Know. We never know. He could Sh- be gone in a couple months. Chances are it's not going to happen. Probably. We see this happen every year. Mm. But nonetheless, my pick for the next head coach of the Houston Texans is Eric Bieniemy. I love it. And we talked about Eric Bieniemy last week. I don't think he's a guy who can come in and build a team. But I think he works in Houston because they have pieces that are hard to coach and acquire that are already there there to use, right? The Sean Watson... Uh, left tackle Laramie Tunsell. Mm-hmm. They've got some guys on defense. JJ Watt is getting older, but Whitney Merciless is still younger. He's aging year by year. And again, I think Eric Bieniemy is what the team needs because really they can't draft anyone. They just gotta sign free agents and right. and manage their cap well. And I think Eric Bieniemy can be the guy to help them win more games. And when they get draft picks then they can hit and hit big. But for now I think they need a great play caller. He worked well with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Right? Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are very similar. Uh, Same draft class. They have a connection. I think that's why Deshaun Watson wants him there. And that's why I think Eric bien can just really work in Houston. You can just picture it. Eric bien with that navy blue coaching jacket, it works.
1: It definitely works. Um, Now, I did not pick Eric bien but if I had a guy in mind who would work best for Deshaun Watson, it would be Eric bien I think when you're the Houston Texans and you've just failed your quarterback miserably – even though you have some of the pieces on off you have some of the pieces on offense, you have some defensive pieces, your team is, is solid. I think Houston is a better football team than people realize. I don't see them. I mean, they could, or could not compete in in the playoffs next year. We don't know, but for someone like Deshaun Watson, he's the most important person on your team. And if you don't make him happy, he's going to leave. We don't know that yet, but right now he's not too happy with the front office. So what you have to do is you have to please your quarterback. And I think Eric B. would be the perfect choice for that. However, who I think could be a better fit just from a play-calling standpoint would be Brian Dable, mm-hmm. who's currently the Bills' offensive coordinator. I see those two as very similar fits. Um, Dable's been working with Josh Allen, and as you can see this year, they're absolutely on fire this year so it's it's really a toss-up between those two however I lean Brian Dable for Houston just because of the fact that he has play calling experience with Josh, Josh Allen and I think that could end up being a better fit now I think the enemy's play calling him not calling the plays in Kansas City is my big worry I don't know what his experience is with that it could be just fine and it could work out just fine as you're saying but I lean Dable just because of what we've seen this year I think he has a little bit more upside as a play caller
0: yeah well I, I, I like the pick but uh, I think Eric Gammy will work a little better. Brian Dable's going somewhere else on my list. Okay. On the next team, I think probably the most popular destination of your head coach, Los Angeles, the Chargers. My pick is Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator for my buddies Indianapolis Colts. I've uh, taken a peek at your screen, Brandon. Yeah. Seems like you got the same. I As a do. Colts fan, would you like to elaborate on Matt Eberflus?
1: Sure. So Matt Eberflus... He hasn't been... In comparison to some of the guys on the list, I don't think he's as much... He's not a high guy on, on a lot of people's lists. Why I think it works perfectly for Los Angeles is because Matt Iberflus Eberf- is a coaching guy. He can, he can build that culture, and I think that's what... LA needs especially on the defensive side of the football. We saw it this year and last year on Indianapolis on on their defense that they know how to, they have an identity. That team has an identity. The Colts run through their defense. Guys like Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker, Kenny Moore, all these guys are hard-hitting, fast guys, right? And they have a culture. They're going to go out and they're going to hit you. And I think that's what LA needs because I really don't think they need an offensive coach because they already have Justin Herbert. They already have the weapons. With Anthony Lynn, who has shown over the past few years that he is not a good play caller especially in crunch time they did just fine so I don't think offense is the problem here defense is the problem and because of that a guy like Matt who can come in there build a culture he's going to get Derwin James back next year I think it would be a great fit granted I don't want him to leave Indianapolis because I love that guy so much but I it seems very likely that that could be an option
0: yeah I think it's what you said like the Chargers got to fix their defense. They lost so many games because of their defense, not because of their offense. I right. think that's what they need right now. And defensive side, I think Iberfus just knows how to establish an identity, right? Um, simple to note, Matt Iberfus is not a guy from Frank Reich's um, tree, or or he was handpicked by Frank Reich. He, he was actually brought along on the staff by Josh McDaniels, right. who then left the Colts and Iberfus stayed. So the fact that he still made it work with Frank Reich, a guy who didn't even pick him, that says a lot to me, yeah, right definitely. there. So you get a good offensive coordinator in the building, you can start winning some football games. I like that a lot. Mm, definitely. Next team you will list the Atlanta Falcons, and this is where I think Brian Gable goes. I think it's time to get Matt and Ryan an offensive coach. <laughs> I think it's time to get him one. They've had two defensive coaches. Um, you know, Dan Quinn just got fired. Defense was was horrible, horrible. And look, I think you fix that through the draft. For agency, get a good defensive coordinator, someone who knows what they're doing. Not Greg Williams. <laughs>
1: not no anyone but Greg Williams. But
0: you know, you stick with Matt Ryan for a couple years, and he's he's always been great. Elevate him. His, his offense is similar to Kyle Shanahan's, and I, I think it could work.
1: I agree with you. Now I picked Eric Bieniemy mostly because of the fact that I had Dave already going to Houston. But I do think those two are going to be closely talked about for those two jobs. It's going to be a toss-up where those two go. But I have a feeling that Dave and Beanie are going to those two teams. Um, now like I said, I mostly just put Biennemi there because I already put Dable, but Dable I think is a great option. Just like you said, he's part of that Kyle Shanahan system, which as we know, Matt Ryan flourished in, in 2016 when he won the MVP. So it's going to be a toss-up. I think Biennemi does have some upside because he's already worked with Patrick Holmes. He knows that passing attack and that's what I think Matt Ryan needs to return to because when he was most successful is when he was leaning on the pass the most. Defense is going to be the concern. We don't know that yet, but at least from an offensive perspective, I think both of those guys would do really well with Matt Ryan.
0: Our next team on the is a team that just fired their head coach a couple days ago. We kind of called it on the show. We did. We, we, we basically like, did. We're like, should Doug Peterson be fired? Yeah, yes, like he, he should. Be fired. But like, also, it's not his fault. But he's gone. Doug Peterson's gone. Now I think it was the best move. Philadelphia Eagles, open spot there in Philly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach for the stars here. I think the Eagles go out and somehow find a way to grab Lincoln Riley, hmm. and this answers a lot of questions immediately with a hire. Um, you would think, right, if, if you were a betting man and you were smart about it, that he would keep Jalen Hurts. He worked in the college. Chemistry's already there. Carson once goes, maybe it's best mutually for both parties. Um, Lincoln Riley is younger. He's not the youngest candidate like a Joe Brady, but he knows what he's doing. He's been eyeing the NFL for a while and a lot of pressure in Philly, but I think he can handle it. And just the fact that he has Jalen Hurts there makes me feel better already. Uh, so instead of hiring a guy like Brian Dayball or Robert Sala because that guy's gonna have to deal with the big question do I want once or do I keep Hurts I think and Riley already knows that he can work with Jalen Hurts so yeah. that's why I like that hire I
1: like that a lot all right so that leads me into my coaching candidate who is going to have to make that decision for their quarterback I went with Arthur Smith, who is currently the Titans' offensive coordinator. It's going to be tough because we don't know what Philadelphia is going to do, whether or not the front office decides if they want to keep Wentz or Hurts or if whoever their next head coach is comes in and makes that decision. Obviously, I'm assuming that their head coach is going to have a big big say in that. Now, Arthur Smith, we've seen what he can do with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I think Philadelphia can be that kind of team. I think I, I like their running backs a lot. I like Miles Sanders a lot. I think he could be that guy who they can lean on a ton. And then you kind of sprinkle it in with if they keep their quarterback, whether it's Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. However, I am questionable about them, about Arthur Smith working with a guy like Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts because they're not similar to Ryan Tannehill at all. And that's my big question. Granted, I think they're both, they have a higher ceiling than Tannehill does. But if you don't have a for-sure quarterback, especially for a team like Philadelphia who doesn't have a good defense, it's going to be rough. So I think Arthur Smith could be that guy, though.
0: I would think Jalen Hurts would be the most similar to Ryan Tannehill because yeah. Carson Wentz, I don't think he's going to run as much out of the pocket as Ryan Tannehill would because of the injuries. Jalen Hurts has already been comfortable with it. So if I'm Arthur Smith and I'm there, I'm keeping Jalen Hurts.
1: Mm, that's interesting. Then we got to figure out where Carson Wentz is going to go.
0: Yeah, well, you know, maybe the blue and white. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Next team in the list, second to last, Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean... I think this one's pretty obvious. It is pretty obvious. Everyone talks about it. I mean, why not? Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer. Let's go. Urban Meyer. Come to the NFL. Jacksonville needs some pizzazz. We we want to go see him. Get the press passes. Go catch Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer together. Maybe they get a Sunday night game. Maybe. A Monday night game. When's the last time Jacksonville had a Monday night game?
1: Saxonville, 2017. That was probably the one of the last times. Maybe 2018 and after that, but like... It would be. They need. They need a, a new spark on this team because Josh Lambo banners aren't gonna cut it.
0: No, they're not. I mean, what else do I have to say about Urban Meyer? The guy is a college legend. Jacksonville's a Florida Gator town, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. Um. He he lives close to there. Jacksonville's got a rich area. He can go live in Ponte Vedra. Yeah. Right. Nice area. They got great houses. Mm. Go live there. Private gated community. Commute to work 20, 25 minutes. Go work with Trevor Lawrence win yourself some football games he went he won't have control over his whole staff but I think he's gonna get some some good cred
1: yeah I think it's a great option for him because contrary to popular belief if you put Trevor Lawrence on Jacksonville that offense is pretty solid I mean DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, and Trevor Lawrence that's a that's a great don't group forget
0: Tyler Eifert is a nice solid emergency tight end
1: yeah exactly I think they do need to go find a more consistent tight end, but their offense is going to be solid. Now, the defense is the question. C.J. Henderson kind of fell off towards the end of the season, dealt with some injuries, um, and they just haven't gotten pressure like they used to in the Saxonville days. But that offense with Urban Meyer at the helm, that will be really awesome, and it's exactly what they need. They just need a pizzazz. They need a spark.
0: Final team in the list, and I wonder why they're last. (laughs) The New York Jets. Who will they hire as their head coach? I think the most realistic option right now is Robert Sala. Uh, he's been interviewed twice, and as we're speaking, he's going to interview with the Jets for a third time. So when this comes out, he might already be hired. Yeah. But he's going to meet with Joe Douglas again for a third time, and CEO Christopher Johnson will be there as well. Um, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Yeah. He's He's a team builder. He's a fiery guy. I have not heard a negative thing about Robert Sala. If Richard Sherman likes him, that says a lot because Richard Sherman is a lot to handle. He is a lot to handle. And let's talk about the things that not many people are talking about. If Robert Sala comes to the Jets, he's most likely going to bring the 49ers offensive assistance with him, right? And the Niners had a great offense with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and that three-headed running back system. Uh, Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniels. those two guys, you, you bring either one of them in for the offensive coordinator spot, I, I see a lot of potential for a good running game and quarterback development. If, if you draft Travis Etienne or a guy like Najee Harris, and you have Mike McDaniel or, Matt, or Mike LaFleur, yeah. it, it seems like a San Francisco 49er team, team already. already. Yeah, and, and, and when they were successful, they were successful, and mind you, Jimmy G wasn't even that great. No. So... All you need is just someone to get you the ball and take care of it.
1: Yeah, I, there are a lot of similarities between New York and what San Francisco was doing last year, and even now. You look at Sam Darnold, a guy who has been inconsistent, let's be honest. He's been pretty inconsistent. He does need that a little bit more development. But I think he's got some similarities to Jimmy G. He can get out of the pocket. I, I, th- he I think he ball. can be way better I think, than Jimmy no, Garoppolo I'm saying he can be way better. But as of right now, Sam Darnold combined with whoever they get in the draft, if they go for running back, Combined with who they already have, if they keep Frank Gore, that'll be a good guy to have. And I I think they could run a kind of San Francisco-style offense. It could work. Honestly, yeah. I think it could work. Pair with their defense? Ooh, that's a dangerous little team
0: right there. Yeah, I sure. wouldn't want to
1: play them next year, honestly.
0: No, I, I wouldn't because... Really, they'll be young and, and hungry. Yeah, they have, they have I, I a say lot they to go proof. second.
1: Maybe they they might have a spot for second in the AFC East.
0: Oh wow, that's a bold prediction. It's bold, here in but January. it could happen. Uh, but yeah, that that was our NFL coaching carousel. Who who we think are the most like realistic fits mm. or reaches, right? But that that brings us back. As of right now, not a single head coach has been hired yet. It it, it hasn't been hired yet. Yeah, no one has been hired yet, and well. Maybe it's because of COVID. Maybe it's because teams are trying to do their due diligence.
1: Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's, it's going to be interesting. A, a lot of these candidates also are still in the playoff race right now. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, so Tennessee. So that's, we'll have to see as that goes on. Obviously, they can still conduct some virtual interviews, but like this process probably won't get started until we start to move closer to the end of the NFL season this year.
0: So speaking of head coaches in the Houston Texans, oh, that's what I want to get into. A couple of days ago, and it's been going around for the past couple of days. Uh, Deshaun Watson reportedly is very frustrated in Houston, and it's not with with the general manager who just got hired. He's got nothing to do with it. It's more right. with the owner, mm-hmm. right? Because he was told that he'd get some input on the GM decision. Didn't get anything. Didn't get anything. And he's got nothing against Nick, Nick Casario. No. Not, no, not on him. He just
1: got there, so obviously not.
0: But but obviously Deshaun Watson's not happy. He's like, hey, like what, what's going on here? I mean, you wouldn't even interview Eric enemy, which now they are. So everyone, everyone in the media is like, oh, Deshaun Watson's going to go here. He's going to go there. Indianapolis, San Francisco, New England. Stop it. Stop. we got to um, relax here. If the Houston Texans actually traded Deshaun Watson, I would think that the NFL should expel them as a franchise. <laughs> Nobody trades their franchise quarterback, even if they're unhappy. What do you do when they're unhappy? You make them happy. Exactly. And that's what this happens. This isn't the NBA. No, this is not the NBA. The NFL cannot become the NBA. We're going to touch that later on the show. Mm. But no way Houston lets go of Deshaun Watson. They would rather have him suffer at home for two or three years and pay him money than to trade him somewhere else and win football games. Yeah, That's just how the NFL works. Look it, at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he suffered. He suffered. Deshaun Watson's not going anywhere. I want to say it now. Stop it. The speculation is fun. The photoshops are fun. But to actually take anything or any of it seriously, I think is ridiculous.
1: It's straight up ridiculous because Deshaun Watson is under contract, right? It, if you even want to trade him, it's going to be difficult. He's going to require picks. And someone's got to have a lot of cap space, so your teams are limited. And so, do you really want to trade? And do you really want to trade Deshaun Watson to Indianapolis? No. Yeah. Anyone in the AFC? No. Of course. And there. those are the teams that are going to be available. There's not really any teams at all in the NFC that are going to be able to be a good fit for Deshaun Watson.
0: Except for San Francisco. Except
1: for San Francisco. So we don't know that yet. But everyone else is in the AFC, so you know you're going to have to go through Deshaun
0: Watson. If you even
1: get a team that's good enough to get to the playoffs, without Deshaun Watson, you're
0: not going to have it. 100%, and that's why I think the madness has to stop. had to say it here. I'm frustrated of it, sick of it. It's got to end. All of it.
1: As much as I love Deshaun Watson in that blue and white, I know that it's not going to happen, and I know we're just going to have to face him two times a year because this isn't how the NFL works.
0: 100%. And then moving on from that, right? National Championship was last Monday or a couple days ago. Yeah, a couple days ago. Alabama steamrolled Ohio State I was wrong maybe Ohio State is who we thought they were (laughs) maybe they're exactly who we thought they were but I mean you look at Alabama they look good I mean Najee Harris Devontae Smith Uh, I don't I don't know the name I think it's Alex Leatherwood the the offensive lineman for Mm -hmm. Alabama he looked great Mac Jones looked looked okay he He looked good he He looked looked okay he he uh, looked just okay
1: I think there's a lot of stigmatism around Mac Jones either people say he's going to be a early first round pick or people say, oh, all that matters cause he you know, he got all these stats because Devonta Smith and Najee Harris. Yes, that really helps if you have two NFL quality skill positions at your side. But let let's calm down because Mac Jones was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country this year. I,
0: I think Mac Jones is a late first round pick.
1: I think he is too. I think he has potential to be a good starter in the NFL. Whether or not he reaches that, you know, perennial, you know, franchise quarterback Pro Bowl status, we don't know because There's only a couple of guys a year that come into the draft that can be that.
0: Here's an idea for Mac Jones. If you're Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, you don't know what the question is with Dak Prescott. Now, you keep Dak Prescott, obviously. Maybe Mac Jones needs some more fine-tuning. But maybe you take Mac Jones and you you keep him on the bench. Hmm. I like that idea a lot. I think it fits because why? Mac Jones with with a cigar in his mouth, that that is Cowboy culture. That is That is 100% Cowboy culture. Um, He's got the arm. He can sling it. CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Amari Cooper, offense and line is good. Ezekiel Elliott, if well, if he can get back to what he has not before, before, then Cowboys could be good. Granted, they put up
1: their franchise worst in terms of yards allowed per game. Their defense has been so bad. They need defensive help. Yes, Jerry Jones is a flashy guy, and all he wants is flash. We just saw it this past draft with the drafting of C.D. Lamb. Over granted, C.D. Lamb was one of the best picks. In the first round, of course, and it's, I think it, it, it been was going to be a great
0: pick. Yeah, the issue was that well, the other side of the ball needs it more.
1: Exactly, and I think that's what they finally need to address this draft. However, in a hypothetical scenario that another quarterback falls—not Mac Jones, but Zach Wilson—there are some there are some reports about inconsistencies. Uh, Zach Wilson, some people say he's going to be a top 10 pick. Other people say he's going to be quarterback 5 or 6. Wow. And that he's just too immature to be an NFL quarterback right now. So maybe those reports kind of get, get going a little bit more, and maybe we see Zach Wilson start to fall. Maybe Mac Jones takes his place as QB3. We don't know.
0: Well, let me just elaborate on the immature part of Zach Wilson here on the Takes on Town Okay, show. here we go. We love Zach, we Wilson. Love Zach Wilson. We do love get me wrong, Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson. But I think the reports that he's immature is just absurd i i i see him i I watch him i don't see any of it i I don't see what i saw in baker mayfield i don't see what i saw in chase claypool or juju i I don't (laughs) i don't see it i don't see what i saw in johnny manziel right i I don't see what i saw in paxton lynch yeah i don't exactly Uh, people are saying this because well let's just get it out there zach wilson's uncle is the owner of JetBlue. he has a lot of money he's got money when you have a lot of money you have a lot of people targeting you right like, it makes sense. Obviously, Brandon and I are jealous because he's rich. But I'm of not going to okay. fault that. Okay. That's okay. His uncle is the CEO and owner, founder of JetBlue. Okay? That's good. That is a big reason for the criticisms. They don't like money.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing about Zach Wilson. I love what you did with the comparisons because it's a perfect way to, to talk about Zach Wilson. Maybe in practice, he's a little immature. We don't know that because we don't know what he's like in practice. Maybe around the locker room, around the guys, he's immature. That, that's, that could be it. But when it comes to game time, he steps on the when he steps on the field, he looks like a pro level quarterback. 100%. He doesn't do, he doesn't go all out of his way to taunt the other team like we saw with Baker and Johnny Manziel. Dancing the field, dancing Juju. on the field like Juju and, and Chase Claypool. These things on TikTok, we don't see those things from Zach Wilson. When he's on the field, he looks like a pro level quarterback, and that's why I like Zach Wilson.
0: Yeah, my my I just told you my favorite pairing with Mac Jones. My favorite pairing with Zach Wilson is Carolina.
1: I like it too. He's I like, like
0: Christian McCaffrey, but he can throw the ball. And far. I love it. Those two boys with their headbands and everything, you pair him in a commercial. Carolina's looking real good. <laughs> Carolina especially, looks good. especially with Matt Rule. That could be scary. And the chances of Carolina getting Zach Wilson are a lot higher than them getting Justin Fields. Mm. I love it. I like it a lot. Well, we told you Matt Jones. We told you Zach Wilson. How about Kyle Trask? That's extremely What's interesting. What's the perfect pairing for Kyle Trask? See, I don't know. For some reason, I'm leaning
1: Pittsburgh right now. I think Pittsburgh could be a good fit for Kyle Trask. I don't really know about development, and maybe Pittsburgh's not a good choice because we don't know what Ben is going to do. So there are chances if they they do go end up and take Trask, he might have to start day one because Roethlisberger could retire. But... From a standpoint of Kyle Trask having weapons and having good defense, Pittsburgh's a perfect choice. Because, yes, he did put up monster numbers in college, but are the, are those tools going to translate to the pro level? We don't know because he's not the most mobile guy. And right now in the league, num- having mobility is going to matter. And so, I don't know. I think Kyle Trask could definitely be the guy. So, for I think he could be the guy for someone. Granted, I think Pittsburgh could be it. I think those offensive weapons, paired with the defense, it could be it.
0: Well, my favorite pairing for Kyle Trask is Washington. Really? The Washington football team, and hmm. I think it could really happen. I don't think Kyle Trask is a top-ten quarterback. Washington made the playoffs, so they won't be picking the top-ten at all. Mm-hmm. They'll be a middle or late first-round pick. Right? Hmm. Kyle Trask and Washington works, and here's the iffiness of it. Obviously, he might have to start from day one. I don't think Kyle Trask is a day one starter, but I think it's the best option for him. Because, well, from one number 11 to the other, he's big, he's bulky, and maybe he's ready for it. I think that Washington needs a guy now, and I think Kyle Trask is the one. He's got attitude. Guy sat on the bench at Florida for, what, three, almost four years, and comes right in and takes over. Uh, Ron Rivera's a great head coach. Um, He's got a great work ethic. Things could change. I don't think he's like Dwayne Haskins. It does not seem to me like Kyle Trask is like Dwayne Haskins. Mm -hmm. But I think Kyle Trask with Terry McLaurin, uh, if if Brandon Sheriff stays on the offensive line, and if he can keep running around like he did in Florida, they could win some more games, potentially eight-win season next year. If they get Kyle Trask, things can change with free agency. We're still in January, very early, but it's just my early mock of where Kyle Trask can end up.
1: Imagine this. This is not going to happen. 100% not going to happen. Imagine Kyle Pitts goes to New York. Okay. And then, like, if Kyle Trask falls into the second round or to the late first, the Jets somehow I hate it. put that together I hate and take it. Kyle Trask, too. I hate, I hate, I hate the idea. <laughs> yeah, I know you I would. Hate <laughs> I knew much. you would.
0: I hate it. But one more. One more. Trey Lance, the, 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 the forgotten son, because yeah. then Zach Wilson came on. Uh, Kyle Trask came on and Mac Jones came on before it was Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. Personally, I don't care for Trey Lance very much. I think he needed another year. I think he came out too early. He had the eligibility there. I could be 100,000% wrong and I'm okay with being wrong, but right now I just, I am not a fan of Trey Lance. I don't see what I saw in Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, I, I think the hype was there because he had such a great year want uh, want a D2 national title. I understand you played a showcase game this year, but it's just not enough for me. Uh, in, in Trey Lance, I see a lot of Jordan love, which is a lot of questions. And when you have a lot of questions, I'm not gonna spend a first round pick on you unless I'm desperate. I, maybe Chicago's desperate enough. Maybe Washington will be desperate enough if Alex Smith retires and they can't get a free agent. Yeah. But I don't love Trey Lance. The stats here that, that, that you're seeing on our screen, they're good. But also, it's Division Two. It's not Carson Wentz numbers.
1: Yeah, Trey Lance, he, like you said, he's kind of the forgotten child in all of this because he's very young this year. Very young. Exactly. Honestly, I, if he spends another year in college, I'd be totally okay with that. I don't really know how that's going to change unless he puts up some incredibly monster numbers next year. If he does decide to stay, which won't likely happen, um, but like you said, with the emergence of Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing him as a first-round talent unless someone gets really desperate.
0: But also, again, I could be wrong because Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, they all balled out as rookies. And Trey Lance could do the same thing. I, I would happily say, hey, I was wrong. You proved me wrong because I, I do see a lot of skill but, in Trey Lance. But the NFL is just different from Division Two because Carson Wentz struggled in his rookie year. Yeah. Because, again, you get the right coach, you get the right coordinator, any quarterback can be a star. We saw Case Keenum be a star for a year. For, for a year to, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it could work. Yeah, but I, I don't right know. now just from my eyes, I I don't see Trey Lance hoisting a Super Bowl trophy right now. Yeah, I, I don't see a. Sometimes it, you gotta be the bad guy. Yeah, I don't mind that right now. It's
1: okay. Like Carson Wentz, yes, did he struggle his rookie year? Of course. He also did have. I think he was like, I think it was twenty four touchdowns before he threw a pick. So he was he was very very consistent his rookie year even though that didn't convert into wins he himself was pretty consistent I just don't see the same thing from Trey Lance and if you're not head and shoulders above the rest of your of, of Division two I don't you're not I don't see you succeeding in the NFL
0: yeah well look that's what we hear on the takes on tap show think of the rookie quarterbacks going into the 2021 draft. That's our very early January prediction. We're gonna have way more coming down the line. But before we jump into James Harden and the Rockets, first let's hear from our sponsor, Odyssey Collective. Go ahead, open your phone, go to Instagram right now, and go follow Shop Odyssey Collective. Go ahead, click the link in their bio or the link in our Spotify show notes, and that'll take you to their website where you can use our own special code takes on Tap 20 for 20% off your purchase. And that's where you'll find the brand new Multiverse Collection. Get yourself immersed in some Galaxy-themed shirts and hoodies. Who doesn't want to wear that? Shop Odyssey Collective today. Alrighty, so thank you from Odyssey Collective. Go check out their uh, Multiverse Collection. The new one for the month. for Be part year. of the show. Johnny Egan, you know, just a fun fact. He does some predictions. He... You know, he doesn't really know much about he's the league. He's five and one. But he's five and one. He just blind guessed it right there out of nowhere. Five and one. His Super Bowl prediction is the New Orleans Saints and Kansas City Chiefs. Safe. Very pick. interesting, yeah. But his his most interesting pick, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. He he has the Rams beating the Packers this Sunday.
1: Very interesting. We're gonna get into our picks personally. Yeah.
0: First Alright, alright. Breaking news just happened as we filmed. Scrap everything we said, you're not going to hear it. Yes. But nonetheless, we know James Harden has officially gone to Brooklyn. He's out of Houston and now he's in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Brandon, give me the sources on the <laughs> full entire trade. Okay, please pause this, for a minute, clear your mind, and get ready for this.
1: This is a massive trade, a four team trade that does not just involve James Harden. So the Rockets. Have, are getting the most amount of assets here in this trade. They are acquiring Victor Oladipo. Yes, Victor Oladipo is also involved in this trade. The Rockets are getting Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh, Radonis Karooks, three Brooklyn first-round picks, which is in 2022, 2024, 2026. The Rockets are also getting a Milwaukee first-round pick, which is 2022. That's unprotected. And they're also swapping first-round picks with Brooklyn, four of them, 2021, 23, 25, 27. Moving on, the Nets. All they're acquiring is James Harden. That's, well, all they get, that's all they get, James Harden. The Pacers, since they are trading um, Victor Oladipo, the Pacers are receiving Nets forward Karis Levert as well as a second rounder from Brooklyn. And the Cavaliers, who are also involved in this trade because they um, are getting rid of Dante Exum, the Cavaliers are getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince, so a good two-player deal right there. 14. That is massive because... Just to let you to spoil you guys in, we talked about James Harden on our original uh, clipping, Edit, yeah. and we were talking about what what might happen. We had a breaking news thing about James Harden's trade um, to begin with, and now we're here, third attempt. So James Harden obviously has been under a lot of fire this season. He's averaging his lowest point totals since 2011-2012 when he was with Oklahoma City, and He's obviously out of shape, he's disgruntled, he's been disrespecting the team. Scott, I know you have more information there, so let's hear it. What's been happening with James Harden?
0: So, you know, he's been wanting out since November, since before the season started, right? Um, And then, you know, around Christmas time, he was spotted at a strip club, something like that. Not the James Harden we're used to seeing. So, really yesterday, rekindled it all. In a press conference after the game, he said this. We're not even close, honestly, to, you know, the, the defending champions, the LA Lakers, and, you know, other elite teams in the league. Um, you, you can tell the difference in these last two games. The chemistry, us, talent-wise, everything. It's clear. I love this city. I've literally done everything I can. It's crazy. I don't think it can be fixed. Thanks. My, again, our problem with it is that he criticized the team. And he, and he says, I've literally done everything I can. Well, it's doing all you can. Going to a strip club, you know, while your team is practicing, is no, doing all you can. Of course, not. Uh, letting yourself go. And I, I hate to criticize this because, it's, like, it's very upsetting. But as an NBA player, you gotta maintain your physique. You, you have, I'm not saying you have to be Mr. UFC heavyweight, but you gotta maintain your physique. It looks like he hasn't. So maybe he didn't do everything you could. But again, that pissed off his teammates. That pissed off everyone else. And that's what really ignited James Harden to Brooklyn. We didn't think it happened. But Maio just happened, and everyone else was just collateral damage because of what James Harden said.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly—once we heard about that, what he just put out last week, that quote— DeMarcus Cousins also responded saying, hey, all we're, go- all we're doing is coming in and working. We don't do anything bad to this guy, and look what's happening. James Harden has looked like a totally different player. Like I said, he's averaging his lowest point total since 2011. But not only that, you can just see it when he's on the court. The major pinpoints of his game has been when he gets those entry passes into the lane or when he's throwing up those floaters in the lane. That's that's his game. Obviously, we know about his step back. and His outside shooting is lethal as well, but th- those are the points of his game that just look off. Everything looks off. His floaters look weak, his entry passes are are average at best, and they have getting swatted around by the defense once they are trying to get inside. So it's obvious that he's not playing like he used to. Whether that's a problem of his physique, we don't know. But he's obviously not what he's used to. And with that, we need to get into how Brooklyn is going to be playing with this new trio. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. What do you think?
0: Yeah, one of my biggest questions, really. uh, Steve Nash. Can Steve Nash even deal with all three of these guys? I think he can. He's a former player, right? But th- those are three big personalities. James Harden, right? He's been acting like not himself lately. Will that change? Kyrie Irving, he's God knows where. He could be in Kenya doing a social mission. We don't know where he is. He doesn't let anyone know in like a week. And then Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He's great. He's great. But sometimes they can go on Twitter and speak some stuff, right? Okay, that's against guest you won't see all 3 of these guys on the court at the same time for at least a week or a week and a half because mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is we don't know where he is right and then he's got to sit quarantine all the protocol stuff like that we don't know so can Steve Nash deal with these guys I don't know I, don't think he can. I
1: it's possible but the fact is they're really gambling with their future here. Uh, Brooklyn isn't getting any picks in this deal. They're giving away picks. They are swapping picks with Houston, but we don't know how that's gonna work out. So if if this, if the, in the next two years, if this trio doesn't work out, Brooklyn doesn't really have a bright future. They just got rid of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen um, in, to the Pacers and the Cavs respectively. So. They, their bench depth is is going down, going downhill. So if this trio doesn't work out this year, we're gonna see some major problems in terms of depth and, and replacements over the course of the game. And in the future, if this trio doesn't work out, this could be a total disaster.
0: Or how about I uh, break this down for you? What if the Nets? flip Kyrie Irving and they get some of their picks back, right? So essentially, it's just like a a brand new duo between James Harden and Kevin Durant. Hey, Kyrie, get out of here. Then you flip him for more picks and you you still lose, but maybe you get some picks back. What if they do that? I don't know.
1: We don't know what's going to happen because we're not going to see these guys on the court for a couple weeks altogether, I mean. So, I don't think anything's going to happen with Kyrie now, but if he gets back and there's some clear troubles between the three of them, then we could see Kyrie getting moved. But at this point, to focus on James Harden, I'm not really sold on this trio right now because Kyrie and Kevin Durant have been playing solid together. They haven't been playing incredibly well, but they've been playing solid. Although they have slipped in the past week in terms of the record, they're now sitting below 500. Um, So is James Harden the solution to getting them back up 500 to the top of the Eastern Conference like we expect them to? I don't know. I don't know what you think, but James Harden, to me, this season, unless he goes through a season renaissance, and and if Houston was the only problem, cool, now you're back to what you were before, and it could work. But when you have a ball-dominant player like James Harden, you have a ball-dominant player like Kyrie Irving, and you have, at times, a ball-dominant player like Kevin Durant,
0: it's hard to manage. It's hard. There's only one
1: ball at the court at, at a given time, not three.
0: And look, at the end of the day, some people are going to love this move. Some people are going to hate this move. We're going to get a lot of criticism. Everyone is. But man, it's just crazy. At the end of the day, it's just a crazy move. Out of the blue, I didn't think it happened this soon. But James Harden, you got what you wished for. You might as well just go play the lottery because it seems like he's a lucky man. Honestly, he goes where I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Instagram Photoshoppers, the Twitter Photoshoppers, they won. They won. They got their wish. The Photoshop Kings won. On paper, trade to Brooklyn worked because we said a couple months ago it wasn't going to happen. They didn't have the assets to, to trade it away. Well, it just happened. It yeah. just happened. So this is crazy. It just right happened less than 20 minutes ago.
1: Yeah, one last thing for James Harden. You got what you wish for. Now you got to back it up. You if get this is chance. what you wanted, then you need to prove that if this was the right decision for all parties involved, especially for yourself. If you go to Brooklyn and you're playing like you were in Houston, I'm sorry, then That's you just might have just messed up this entire process and you are going to put a lot of uncertainties in coaches, GMs, everything, because now if this doesn't work in, in Brooklyn, James Harden could be on the move again. No, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but it, it maybe in a couple years, he's on the move again. And if you're gonna keep doing this, then no one's really gonna want you on the team. So you got what you wanted, so now you gotta back it up.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. Time will tell, time tells all. All right, <laughs> let's just get back to well. That was our little uh, taste of NBA news. That's (laughs) coming soon. Once football ends, it'll be NBA, MLB will start up, and then NFL Draft, which is one of my favorite things of the year. I I love the NFL Draft. I would call myself (laughs) an NFL guru. NFL Draft expert guru, per se. We'll see. But before that, let's get into my favorite segment of the day, Instagram questions. Back again. Let's go. Alrighty. So... My favorite segment. Let's jump right into it. First question comes from Johnny, and it's for the partner to my right. Uh, He's asking, what's the future of Philip Rivers in Indianapolis?
1: Oh, God. Okay, so I have a lot of opinions on this. A lot of conflicting ones. Uh,
0: Yeah. A lot of good ideas, too. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So as of right now, the Colts, uh, specifically Frank Reich, uh, does want Rivers back in 2021. He did just state after their wildcard loss— As I sit here right now, yes, I want Phillip Rivers to be my starting quarterback next year. I think Phillip still has a lot of good football left, which is definitely the case. He uh, he threw for 24 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Granted, that's not a lot of high totals, but for someone like Phil who's pretty prone to interceptions, having the fourth least in his career... um, Pretty
0: solid. Yeah,
1: and he also had 68% completion rate, which was the third highest in his career. So he was very effective this year, but I... Are we ready to say that the Colts are Super Bowl contenders with a better quarterback? Well, what do you think?
0: One thing with Philip Rivers is that I, I think I I can confidently say that for, uh, since Ladanian Tomlinson left Philip Rivers he had a really really solid running game between Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor and um you know he actually had a solid running game not all LT by himself but just the two of them right. It was a pretty solid ground mm. game. And especially that Jonathan Taylor really took over in the last two games of the year. Week 17 against Jacksonville, and then the playoffs against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what happened, but if Philip Rivers does return, that could really help old man Rivers out. Yeah, I think the realistic answer is that yes, he stays, but... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna take a fun approach. I think Bill Rivers retires. Mm. Um, you know, rise off in the sunsets <laughs> of of a playoff game. <laughs> we'll playoff game. And I think the Colts either require Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz. Oh, very. I, very I, I like those two in Indianapolis, but I, realistically, Johnny, he'll stay.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be
0: things can change. Them. Yeah,
1: things can change because we don't know what's gonna happen with Wentz or hey, Stafford. Maybe they, they trade up in the draft.
0: See, This is what I love about draft time and the offseason. <laughs> you never know what happens. I want
1: the Colts to make a move, whether it's going to get Wentz or Stafford or trading up with the draft. But with the retirement of Anthony Costanzo, their starting left tackle, who's been a centerpiece for the last 10 years, I don't want them to give up so many pieces because I think left tackle now is their biggest need. And it used to be quarterback. Um, there were some talks about having trying to bring in a corner as well. But their biggest need now is left tackle. Because if you want to bring back Phillip Rivers, you got to have a left tackle. Because left tackle is the most important position on that offensive line, especially for a guy who's immobile like Rivers. So if Rivers stays, go left tackle. If you're completely sold on moving on from him, you got to figure out where you're going to do a left tackle because you're going to have to give up a lot of pieces to get Wentz for Stafford.
0: Yeah, let me tell you, I know you need a left tackle, but you are not going anywhere near Mekhibeck, Then That is my baby for the I'm picks. not saying that. I'm but not hey, having him. All right, next question know. comes from Nick. He's asking, who's better, Tara McLaurin or DK Metcalf? Um, I mean, both guys are, are different in their own ways. DK is obviously the flashier one. More people know him. And I think because more people know who DK Metcalf is because of his physique and hair, uh, they think he's better. I actually think Terry McLaurin is a sneaky top five receiver in the NFL. Wow. I think he's very good. He, he's he been dropping a lot less balls. He, every time I watch him on TV, he always seems to be re- really in a catch. And I'm like, wow, how did he pull that off? I love Terry McLaurin. He's called Starry, Scary Terry for a reason. He, I think he is indeed better than D.K. Metcalf, because let me tell you, uh, that game against Dallas, when Seattle played Dallas early, early in the year, oh, yeah. D.K. Metcalf cost his team two points on a free touchdown. I don't think Terry McLaurin would ever do that.
1: No, I, and just like you said about the drops, his McLaurin's drops are trending downwards as Metcalf's going up. up. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Shut him down. Shut well. him down. And granted, Jalen Ramsey has pretty much shut everyone down this year. Sure. And I think he's been playing extremely well. But DK Metcalf. I don't know what the issue is. Yes, he's very flashy and he made that play against Arizona he's where he ran down. Baker. He's got it all. He's got the he's got the flashiness that, that, that people are like, wow, he could be the best receiver in the game. The nose ring. <laughs> but he's just not. He's not. He, not and yet. If, he could be. We never know. But consistency is a real thing, and I see McLaurin as a much more consistent receiver than DK, so I'm going to agree with you there.
0: Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett is, is better than DK Metcalf wow. as well. Definitely. I,
1: but the, both of them are really inconsistent.
0: They, they are both inconsistent because one week, DK Metcalf has a great game, and the next week, Tyler Lockett has a great game while DK Metcalf gets shut down. Yeah. So they're their own one-two punch in a different way. In a different way, yeah. But yeah, Terry McLaurin is going to take the cake for me. Next question comes from Eric. He's asking us, hey, guys, will you give us a very early top five mock draft? And the yeah, answer is yes. Of course I will we will. I indeed give you a top oh, five mock draft. I love the draft. I love it so you much. This is do. my favorite time of the year. I, I think sometimes I like the NFL offseason more than I do the regular season <laughs> just because there's just so much hope. It's very hard for your team to let you down in an offseason. It happens all the time, but most of the time it's very hard because there's a lot of optimism. I mean, you sign a guy on a practice squad And you say, oh, you know what? With the right coach, with the right this, he can really break out. It doesn't really happen, but you like to be hopeful. And that's why I like the offseason. So let me just shut up. Top five. Here we go. Let's do a top five mock draft. Way too early in January. Number one pick, Jacksonville Jaguars on the board. Brandon, who will the Jacksonville Jaguars select with the first overall pick? There's only one guy who they can
1: take, and that's Trevor Lawrence. There's no question that he's one of the best prospects that we've seen in the last eight to ten years, especially at the quarterback position. So there's, it's a no-brainer. Pair him with Erwin Meyer. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. Unless something happens come April, like, you know, Sam Donald, Baker, Mayfield, where the Browns suddenly just change their mind, or the Jaguars suddenly change their mind and want to take someone else. I think for right now, the sure bet is Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. And, you know, who knows? Maybe by the time this is out, Urban Meyer has been hired in Jacksonville. Yeah. Number two, the New York Jets are on the board. Now, in my scenario, I have the 49ers training up. It's mm. so number two, Jets drop back all the way down to twelve. And they acquire more and more picks I'm not going to get into that Simplistically, the Niners trade up to number two I have the San Francisco 49ers Selecting Justin Fields cool. With the second pick I think the same thing can be said with Indianapolis I think you just put any you know promising Or good quarterback in San Francisco And their issue will be fixed Same goes for Indianapolis Justin Fields will work uh, Kyle Shanahan is a genius I don't have much else to say yeah. it, it, It'll work San Francisco's got a great team Jimmy G, they're moving off him. I think he's going to New England. Um, well, running quarterback, running backs are good. <laughs> Receivers are, are, are decent. They got George Kittle, though. George Kittle is a great tight end. He's essentially the number, their number one receiver, and the defense speaks for itself. Right. My question with San Francisco is not with the talent. It's with the coaching. Um, I think it's important to address this. I know it's a mock draft, but it's important to highlight what I'm saying here. Mike, Mike LaFleur and Mike McDaniels. Okay, Both of Kyle Shanahan's offensive assistants The past two times they've tried to be interviewed by other teams Kyle Shanahan has blocked the interviews It's very rare when you see a coach block an interview Alright If Robert Sala gets hired as a coach of New York Jets or somewhere else, he is most likely bringing one of those two guys with him, if not both. With the loss of those two, I wonder if Kyle Shanahan can recuperate what he's lost on defense with Robert Sala, Mm -hmm. and if he loses Mike LaFleur or Mike McDaniels. It's important to note that, because I feel that if you block the interview so many times, can you really live without him, or are you just being petty? Because a good head coach would let that guy go, find someone else, and still make it work. That's my worry. Important to highlight what I just said there.
1: Yeah, and I think San Francisco, like you said, could work with pretty much any young quarterback, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later in my mock draft. But at number two, the New York Jets are going to keep their number two spot, and I say they take Panay Do they need Is offensive tackle their biggest need? Probably not. I think there's... You could probably say that wide receiver might be a bigger need. As of right now, I don't think they have a consistent number one guy. Braxton Barrios to me, seems like I a wide love receiver Braxton three. Barrios. I know you love him, but he's, he's really a wide receiver three. I love Braxton Barrios. Jameson Crowder played amazing, but he's, he's really old. a wide receiver he's two. Older. He's getting there. So, as much as I think that I want them to take a wide receiver, I'm going to say no. They go off to tackle. For sure, get Sam Barnold some protection. They take Benaisville.
0: Okay, I, I, I like it. I like the pick. N- not, there's nothing wrong with building a, a great offensive line. Third pick, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they have this pick from Houston, right? They finessed. Finessed. They finessed, Finesse. they, they finessed Bill O'Brien. I mean, th- this is probably the last time we'll see the Dolphins picking third for a very long time. Probably. But I have the Miami Dolphins at number three in my draft, selecting Panay Sewell, mm. right? You just heard it from Brandon. Um, he did sit out the entire college football year. Right? He played for Oregon, but in his time at Oregon I think he didn't allow a single sack I don't Or if he, he did, did no. it was one sack mm-hmm. He can rotate from guard to tackle um, Miami, th- the question is Offensive line, right? They're going to fix it, they're going to address it And well, it's going to make him better Again, my one concern is that he didn't play The whole year in college, he sat out the year So it's been a long time since he's played football He might be more injury prone, but I'm going to trust the experts And yeah, Pinesio, he's going down to Miami There we go your pick for I'm the was
1: Dolphins. Waiting for okay. All right. So, Miami at number three. I'm gonna have them keep their spot. No trade here. Um, the big question is O tackle or wide receiver. Those are the two big needs for the Dolphins. And for me, I say they go wide receiver. Pair Tua with Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, the national championship offensive player of the game. What we've seen all year is that Tua's had a problem with his receivers, especially getting the ball down the field, and with that, Tua's had some limitations on offense. He's really had to just dink his, dunk way down the, his way down the field when we know that he can stretch it vertically down the field, and Devonta Smith is exactly a guy that they need. He can still play that dink and dunk guy, he can get out in the flats, get it uh, through with the slants, but he can also stretch the field vertically, so I think that would be a perfect fit for Miami.
0: Yeah, I I like the pick, too. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, whatever it is, I think it'll work. Number three pick, you're going to get a good player unless you really, really, really botch it. So, at four, Atlanta Falcons. I have them taking Micah Parsons, linebacker for Penn State. The guy's a beast. Check out his highlight tape. He's all over the field. Big, strong, old-school football mentality. Boom, he will knock your head off. Falcons need defensive help in a lot of it, and this is where they start. They have Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley played really well last year, Julio Jones and Calvary really are great, Brian Dayball is our head coach, like I said, I think it'll work.
1: Could be good, I'm going to agree with you here, they got to take Micah Parsons, he's easily the best defensive player in this draft, and that's exactly what they need. They need defensive help in the front seven and in the secondary, but Micah Parsons, clear choice, best defensive prospect coming into this draft, they take him at number four.
0: All right, at number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, the team that selected Joe Burrow with the first pick last year. I had them reaching, and there's nothing wrong with reaching if you really need the position, but there are other players on the board that are better. I just think Cincinnati's going to reach here, and I think they're going to reach for Wyatt Davis, the offensive guard from Ohio State. Great size could really help the running game for Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon has been playing great without great offensive line help and just more protection for Joe Burrow. We saw it towards ACL. Obviously you need to address the help up front for Joe Burrow right. and that's the need right now. Not the flashiest pick but the safest for Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. So for me at number five, I like what you did. The Bengals, I believe are going to take an offensive lineman, but I don't think they're going to take number five. I think they trade back to number 12 with San Francisco. And so San Francisco with that number five tick takes Justin Fields. I I don't see a reason why San Francisco needs to trade up into the top three when I think they can get Fields at number five. Granted, I, I we don't know about Atlanta. They could try to go get their successor to Matt Ryan now, but I don't think that's a thing because I, I think Ryan has a couple good years left, so I don't, I don't think they need to worry about it now. So I think San Francisco trades up to number five with Cincinnati. They take Justin Fields. The Bengals trade back down to number 12, and at number 12 they take Northwestern offensive lineman Rashawn Slater.
0: All righty, well... I love a mock draft. I can keep going on and on. But top five for now. More is coming soon. Stay patient. April is coming. (laughs) April is coming. (laughs) April is coming. Final question is coming from Emily. She is asking us, when does the next drop for Odyssey Collective release? Oh, wow. wow. Well, let me tell you. Well, that is a fantastic question, and I have the perfect answer for you. Go ahead, open your phone, go to Instagram right now, and go follow Shop Odyssey Collective. Go ahead, click the link in their bio or the link in our Spotify show notes, and that will take you to their website where you can use our own special code, takes on tap 20 for 20% off your purchase and that's where you'll find the brand new multiverse collection get yourself immersed in some galaxy themed shirts and hoodies who doesn't want to wear that shop odyssey collective today Alrighty, so the playoffs all right first round super wild card sunday was last sunday obviously but before we jump into the games this week, let's talk about the Nickelodeon game. <laughs> that was Sunday at 4 o'clock. It was the Saints and the Bears. And let me say, the Nickelodeon game was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Fantastically bad, let me say. Oh, oh, okay. Look, oh, look. God. I thought a lot of the things were not great. Like, you could have a broadcast for kids. That is fine. What I did not like is having someone on commentary who doesn't even know what football is. All right. No disrespect. I'm sure she's a great actress. I think believe her name is Gabby. I'm sure she's a fantastic actress. But I, and it's not her fault that she was there. She's just doing her job. No disrespect to her. But to the people up top who decided to put her there, why would you think that is it that it is okay to have someone who doesn't know what's going on on commentary when the people watching, which are kids, don't know what's going on as well?
1: Yeah. See, I have a lot of... It was
0: very funny to watch. It though. was
1: fun to watch. and Hilarious. as much as I want to kind of hate on this game, I don't think no, I can. I can't, can't hate I, can't. It. I can't, I can't. I think everything that they did worked perfectly because it wasn't the only broadcast of the day. It's not like no, the, it exactly. was just on Nickelodeon. We had a CBS broadcast and, there, and then it was also simulcast on uh, Amazon Prime. So we already had our duo that we always love on CBS.
0: Yep, yep. And uh, we just all got right, next Jim, one. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's get into it. <laughs> it was great.
1: I, I mean, I tuned into that at times, and honestly, the thing about the Nickelodeon game, I made myself watch the entire game on Nickelodeon. I didn't go to CBS. I, I maybe went a couple times to like, see a replay of a touchdown. But the thing about the Nickelodeon game is that we have a product for kids and we have a product for it and for everyone else, right? And I, that works perfectly. I watched the Nickelodeon game, and honestly, I went to I I was gonna go to the bathroom like three separate times, and I couldn't go away because teams were in the red zone. I wanted to see the slime.
0: The slime was awesome, and let me say one of the best parts was I believe it was J- J- Cordell Patterson, mm. Cordell Patterson. He cursed. On air, and I love it. I am all for it. I am, a- I am so anti-censorship. So hearing Cordero Patterson scream the words "f" on the air was great. I love it. If I'm a parent, I love it. I, I want to see Mrs. White, mom, get mad and shut off the TV. I love it. I love it. I love it. Teach these kids early. Let's <laughs> let's let's corrupt their minds. Cordero Patterson, I love you. Not only that, Javon Williams and C.J. Gardner Johnson, they got into a fight earlier this year, and guess what? Nickelodeon. They incentivized it, they talked about it, they compared it to a SpongeBob fight and it was great. It was perfect. Encourage fighting when they're young, teach them while they're young, I love it. These are the things about football
1: that parents may wanna hide and maybe this sounds completely Embrace wrong. Embrace it. Embrace the violence. It sounds wrong, but fo- these things are going to happen. So if you're if you're if you're a mom and you want to get your kid into football, Make maybe they start playing Pop Warner in a few years. This stuff's going to happen. Even when your kids, it's not going to you know you're not going to get into a fistfight, but you're going to be pushing kids around because you just want to win. And so you don't want your kid to be caught off guard by these sorts of things. No, 100%. and so
0: embrace it. You
1: have to embrace it and you have to say, okay, look, these is this is going to happen in a violent sport like football. So yes, instead of trying to shove that off to the side and say, you know, we're not, this isn't what football is. So this is what football is. You can make it fun. They did the graphic. That was cool. But Uh, Overall, I think it was a success. And and if they have one playoff game a year on Nickelodeon, uh, that'll be totally fine with me.
0: I I think that uh, they'll have regular season games on Nickelodeon. In my prediction, it'll be like the worst games of the week. So when you have the Jaguars play the Jets, or when you have the Falcons play the Chargers. Games that nobody wants to watch. They'll put on Nickelodeon happily, and it's already a shit show. So just make it even shittier. And and let me say, go back on YouTube and, and watch the highlights of Of uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast I believe it's about 15 or 16 minutes long I want you to keep a counter And every time anyone on the air Says the words It's lit Take a shot Water, Gatorade, Red Bull Whatever you may please Whatever gets your fix Take a shot And I guarantee you If you're taking a shot of what I think you're taking a shot of You might go to bed very early Because they say it's lit A lot a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot, and just to to hear Nate Berlinson try to fit in with a younger crowd and say it's lit, or Noah Eagle, and I I like Noah Eagle. He does what I Brandon he, and I want to do. Yeah. Brandon and I absolutely want to be commentators. If I were there, I would embrace everything. I would. I would, I would, I would say it's lit every single play, but it's just funny to me. And it's congrats, to Noah Eagle. I would be doing the same thing. He
1: honestly, I I forgot that Noah Eagle was there, and when I heard, I, I was just yeah, like, I was in the kitchen, and it was on, it was on in our living room, and he came on, he started talking I'm like, oh, wait. I think Eagles not doing this game, is he? They sound exactly the same.
0: Those yeah. Two. No, I, I love it. Um, hey, Nickelodeon, I, I will gladly broadcast your game. Yeah, let's go. I will gladly broadcast it. Let's go. I, I take real back real. everything I said. Nickelodeon, hire Brandon and I do the broadcast. Get rid of Lex Lumpkin. Get rid of Gabby. Get me and Brandon on there. That would be awesome, hundred percent. But the real playoffs, all right? all right. So first game, the Rams go into Green Bay and they play the Packers. Now Johnny's not here, but his pick was L.A. Yeah, Our pick is very different. I'm going to have to disagree. I think Green Bay deserved that bye week. It'll help them. I'm going to choose the Packers to roll the Rams. The Rams game was not pretty last week. Jared Goff might still be injured, but hey, who knows? Things could change, and I'd love to see an entertaining game. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm taking the Packers plus 10.
1: Yeah, so the Packers, over the last four or five weeks, outside of Buffalo, who I now would put below Green Bay because of what I just saw this past weekend, Green Bay's been playing like the best team in football. So for a team like L.A. who struggled against Seattle, who has not been playing well over the last four or five weeks, their offense has been god-awful. If you're going to struggle against Seattle, I don't see them going to Green Bay and knocking off the Packers. So I like your pick there. I think they win by at least a touchdown.
0: Yeah. All right. So the next NFC game, the Buccaneers in New Orleans playing the Saints. Now, before I give my prediction, let me just say, Tampa Bay has been playing great. I Mm. believe they won like their past five or six games. Yep, I think it's five. They're really rolling now, but Washington gave them a run for their money. They did. Taylor Heineke really gave them a run for their money, but that's why they have Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones was hurt. He comes in, gets the job done. Boom, boom, boom. They score. They looked really good on offense. Their defense held up. I like their offense. It went good. They were rolling. Uh, Defense just got the trick done. Now, I will never, ever, ever, ever pick against the Saints after what they did <laughs> the last to time this happened. <laughs> all of us when we picked Tampa Bay to go over New Orleans. I don't want to bring it up. It makes me look like a fool. Please don't happened. go look for it. It yes, not. For that reason, I'm taking New Orleans by a field goal. Okay. New Orleans, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: So I apologize for picking the bucks, but I'm gonna pick the bucks. A very
0: again. long time. I'm picking the bucks again. You're taking the bucks I'm again. I'm picking the bucks again. <laughs> The last time we picked the Bucs to go over the Saints, they didn't even score a touchdown. I know, but Washington
1: has a really good defense. We know that. One of the best in the NFL, and Brady put up 30-plus on them. Yes, the defense had some, some problems stopping Taylor Heineke, but that was honestly a combination, uh, mostly Taylor Heineke, lack of film.
0: If the Bucks can't stop Taylor Heineke's speed... How can they stop the street of Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill? Yeah, but we just
1: saw what New Orleans did against Chicago, and they didn't. Well, Chicago's
0: got better. Uh, Chicago has a way better defense. Than Tampa I understand Bay. that. And Chicago beat Tampa Bay. That's true, but that was also a long time ago. It Was a very long time ago. I, I, I just, I will never go against New Orleans again. I, but you understand. I
1: understand. I would never go against New Orleans in the regular season, but t- Tom Brady in the playoffs is a different
0: animal. I, I think there's the, a reason why he's won six Super Bowls think in 20 years. The only way Tampa Bay wins this game is on a very controversial call. Wow. That's the only way. Mark that down. Post it on Instagram. Post it on TikTok. The only way Tampa Bay wins this game is if they win on a controversial call. Al Riveron, I'm talking to you. Mark it down. I'm on to you guys. That's the only way you win. We've seen it over the last three, four years in New Orleans.
1: They've always gotten screwed in the playoffs. So it just makes the most sense that this game is decided by yet another controversial call. I'm sorry. I have to take Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I've seen Tom Brady wreck my life and my heart countless times in the playoffs. And to be honest, if those Colts in the early 2000s went up against this Saints team, it wouldn't even be a contest. And it, you know, the only reason why those Colts teams didn't win multiple Super Bowls was because of Tom Brady. So I, I know full well that in the playoffs, Brady is better than any other quarterback. And I would take Tom Brady over New Orleans
0: this weekend. All right. Well, flashing forward to the AFC, the Ravens. Going to Buffalo, they play the Bills. Brandon, what's your take on this game?
1: Okay, so the Bills had a scare last week against big Indianapolis. Big scare,
0: and I, I saw it coming.
1: Yeah, you picked Indianapolis, and if they didn't leave 10 points on the board, you would have been right. Granted, it didn't end up that way, and they, the Bills got a little lucky and, and, and did come out with a 27-24 victory. Um, I have a hard time going against Buffalo, even with that scare, but this is probably the toughest game to call out of all four of these games. Because Baltimore's playing so well right now. They shut down Derrick Henry incredibly well. He didn't score a touchdown. Lamar Jackson was out of his mind. And so, I have a hard time making this game, but what I've seen throughout the entire season, Josh Allen, the Bills, have looked like a better football team. I'm just going to take them by a point. A point? A point. A singular point.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I wouldn't bet that with my money. But uh, Ravens-Bills, I... I think the Ravens right now they're rolling good. They had their they had their their struggles in, in, earlier in the year, and I think the Bills are going to be shell shocked. I think they're still shocked at what happened last week with the Colts. They were they they almost got booted God. at home, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to rush for his life. I think uh, Don Martindale's defense will toughen up against Josh Allen. Let me tell you, the problem with Josh Allen is still there. He keeps fumbling. If it wasn't for that pickup, the Colts would have had the ball and probably would have won the game. I know you're making a face, but you know it's true. Josh Allen almost lost them that game by fumbling again. Don Martindale's going to tighten up. Calais Campbell's going to take him, punch the ball out, and the Ravens are going to go all over him and win this game and go to the AFC Championship game. That's okay. my take. I think the Ravens win this one by 10 points. Wow, that's a
1: big, that's a big claim. And it's going to be tough. So if the Ravens do move on to the AFC Championship, they might be going against a familiar foe, either Kansas City or Cleveland, two teams that they've faced a good amount over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, and that's our next game. The Browns, who got the surprise win last week, absolute blowout. Not many people saw it coming. Kevin Stefanski should be back. He should be, yeah. Um, all their coaches should be back. A couple players just got, uh, you know, activated up the COVID list, like mm-hmm. Denzel Ward, Denzel Ward yeah. and, and Ernest Johnson. They're, they, they will be back. But, however, I don't see the Browns beating Kansas City. I just don't. Kansas City has just showed me too much to, to doubt them. They've played good teams like Tampa. They've played good teams like the Saints. And against all those teams, they had the lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I think it stays. Cleveland, congratulations. You want a playoff game? Yeah. You have nothing to be ashamed about. Right. You have nothing to be ashamed about. Go home come back next year but right now it's the time of Kansas City and I think they win this one by 10 points plus
1: okay I think it's going to be a much closer game than people realize the Browns kind of remind me of Baltimore a little bit they got this fire they got this underdog mentality Uh, people doubted Baltimore going into the playoffs people doubted Cleveland going into the playoffs and now both teams are standing in the next round so I think Cleveland's got this they got the dog pound mentality And that's a big thing. Baker, he's got that fire when he's on his game he's hard to beat. This team is hard to beat when they're
0: on. Their defense
1: got after Ben Roethlisberger. They forced four interceptions and two more turnovers after that.
0: What worries me is the secondary because even though they scored so many points the Steelers offense wouldn't stop knocking at the door. The secondary is not good at all. 37 points allowed, that's a lot. And if you can do that against Pittsburgh, imagine what Kansas City would do to you. Now here's the one thing that I would have to say about that. Pittsburgh,
1: they've got a a very much so a, a, a West Coast offense. They don't throw the ball vertically uh, outside the numbers down the field 20 plus yards that just didn't happen Pittsburgh is a team that will throw it in the flats throw five yard outs to Juju Chase Claypool Deontay Johnson all these guys if they don't drop it if they (laughs) They just get yards that way, and that's how they got down the field and that I wouldn't honestly say that's it's it's less so of a secondary problem for Cleveland and more so of guys at on at the linebacker court who just can't stop those guys getting to the second level and that's why I think Pittsburgh got so many yards and ended up getting thirty seven points so for Kansas City, a team who does throw twenty plus yards a good amount that that x factor of their receivers versus Cleveland secondary is going to be the game decider but Cleveland, as much as I want you guys to pull the upset, I don't see it happening I think. Kansas City takes it by six.
0: Six points. Well, that would leave that uh, that next week's conference championships would be the Packers and Saints, and the Ravens and Chiefs. Yes. Two very familiar foes. We'll have to wait and see. Waiting and seeing is what we'll do. We're really in the stretch of things. All right. Can't wait. Coaches are still to be hired. Games are still to be decided. And guess what? James Harden might stay. He might go. There is so much going on, but we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank Desolate for the intro, Louisville Slugger. He's got a new song coming out in a couple weeks. Go check him out on Spotify. Follow him on Instagram at Official Desolate. We love this, we love everything we do. This was a Takes on Tap show, and it's presented by our favorite guys, Belly Up Sports. Check him out and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Official Takes on Tap. Yep, Instagram stories. Ask us questions. We're on TikTok now, by the way. We're on TikTok as well. At the Takes on Tap show on TikTok. The Takes on Tap show on TikTok. Mm -hmm. We've got a brand new video. (laughs) It's great. Uh, And don't forget Twitter.
1: Yeah, don't forget Twitter, at Takes on Tap show. So, follow us on all the socials. Follow Belly Up Sports on their socials. Obviously, Official Desolate on Instagram.
0: In the show links. Everything's down below
1: in the show notes. And then just go find us on social
0: media. (laughs) That's right. This was the Takes on Tap show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Have a lovely, lovely sports week. I'm a knock it out the park, Louisville slugger. Got a chick wearing crop top, nothing else under. Drop a gear, speed and pass. Finish first, burn rubber. Get your girl off of me, bro. No, I don't want her.